talking about what Jesse was talking about just being filled to such a capacity that when you um, when you walk into places when you, the presence that you carry right affects the room affects the places you go and that's truly what the Lord wants for our lives right So we want to be effective in all things, right? And this is a good, good um, analogy or really it's truth. We, we pick up a lot of stuff when we're in traumatic situations. And God wants the church to be completely free from trauma because I think trauma is one of the main things that's holding the church back. Trauma, he, you know, he was speaking about just a few things. But trauma is something that holds us back from moving into the fullness of who God called us to be right from the beginning. Right? And basically, it's based in sin. I mean, based in iniquities and sins and all those things that we've been talking about over the last month. So, Lord, we just ask that we would activate in every one of us the ability to retain more. Retain more of him, not pull back from him, but retain more. And so I think, um, I don't know if I'm going to get into all what I had, but I actually, I think I need to, only because Jacqueline, you kind of brought it up in the back room about Genesis 22, about the sacrifice, about God coming. And I feel like, um, again, and maybe this will blend and, and uh, and if it doesn't, that's okay. But um, when we're looking, Ephesians 1, and this just I'm just going to start with this scripture, but it's really out of Genesis 22, the gist of what I want. And I've preached it before, but I've preached it differently. It's Ephesians 1, 7. It says this, Having made known to us, actually I'll start from the beginning, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Ready? Having made known to us the mystery of his will. And I continue to go back and forth with this because I think we all struggle with what's the mystery of his will? Where does he want to bring us and what does that look like? According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So, which he purposed in himself. All of Ephesians, you go through Ephesians, it talks about in him, in him, in him, in redemption. That he, in that dispensation of the fullness of time, that he might gather together in one all things according to Christ, which are both in heaven and which are in earth. So here we go. He's going to bring us into the understanding of who he is and the mystery of his will by what? Pulling us closer and deep into him. And this is really the key to all things. This is, last week we talked about really intimacy in, a, in an up-close encounter way that uh, the Lord is just really, I believe in this next season, calling us to this place. He's always calling us to intimacy. But I just feel like there's a, there's a clarion call to the church to get so much of God on us that stuff starts happening, right, in places we don't expect, Right? 
And the reason why I want to just talk about Genesis for a minute, because when, when Abraham was called, right, how many times did, did the Lord call Abraham out of a place that he was familiar with to a place where he totally did not understand? At least two accounts. When he first called him out of the place where you live, go to the place that I've called you, right? And so this is the thing. I feel like the Lord's always calling out of our place of comfort and what we think it's going to look like into the place where he's already, re, uh, it's the mystery of his will that he's preordained. He's got a place where he's already called you to. And I'm telling you right now that faith would be so much better if we could control it. Are you hearing me? Because I feel like when, when he calls us to do something, we want to know all the, all the other bits and pieces and parts of it, right? And so sometimes we just need to learn to trust him because he has a better way. He really does have a better way. And we just got to learn to trust. And in those things, you know, we don't have to fast and pray about what we're going to wear. You didn't fast and pray about what you were going to wear tonight, did you? <laughs> no, none of us did, right? If we're praying about all these little funny things, it's like God is such a bigger plan than to worry about some of these little things. But on the same note, sometimes we just have to move and put on the thing that we're supposed to put on at the right time, at the right season, at the right day. Come on, and you look beautiful. Because you're in the place where God called you, and you're wearing what he called you to wear on that day. Okay? And so this is what I'm, I'm just going to, it's going to get real simple, but I feel like the, the, the gist of Genesis 22, and if you just go there quick, see, God doesn't want, see, he never reacts to situation. I feel like we are, you know, and sometimes I can react. I'm just being honest. Sometimes I can react. But he's wanting us to be in this place, Genesis 22. 22, and you know the story. Abraham gets told by the Lord, take your son, go to the mountain. What mountain? He didn't even know what mountain he was going to until he got close to it. So God doesn't react to our situation. He just acts. Okay? So our desire... And will must align with what he desires. Because he wants, to, he wants to show his testimony in just moving into what he's called us to. And I have a feeling we think, you know, and every, each one of us want to know God's path, don't we? I mean, I just want to know where God wants to bring me. Do you want to know where God's bringing you? God, what does that look like? Can you just show me the way? Can you show me the path? And sometimes God doesn't give us the fullness of what that is until we step out. And that's why I said before, you know, so we'd, we'd love faith so much better if, if we could just be in that place where we call the shots. If I could just control faith, if I could control the outcome of what I'm stepping into, right, and so God wants to bring us into this place that is outside of what we know. And I'm just, this is really what I'm going to focus on is he wants to do things in different ways than we've expected. 
See, he wants us to go somewhere, and he wants, we want to tell him where we're going and how we're going there. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's got so much of a better plan. And let me say this, we're talking about trauma. I, everyone in this room has been through stuff. And I think what happens in church is we tend to be in this atmosphere where everyone needs to be cleaned up and we need to look like everyone's got it together when actually we come together. And, and it, you know what? That's why I said earlier, it's the dirty dozen. Now we're 13. But earlier, it's true because which one of, which one of the 12 apostles had it together when Jesus called them? None of them. And even after... Right? We look at Peter's life, and it was, it was pretty much he was a mess. I mean, he was just a mess. And he did things, and he reacted because of what the situation was. And so this is what I, you know, when it says this, it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled the donkey, and he, and he took the two young men with him, and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood and got everything ready, right? And he rose and went to that place which God had told him. And he didn't know where that place was. See, some of us are expecting to know destination time, GPS coordinates on where we're going, and the route and the list. See, I like the list, especially now my GPS is broken because I got the list. I can go by the list. But most of us, we don't have the list. Like, I don't have A, B, C. What does this look like in 10 years? What does this look like in 20 years? What does my family look like? What does my life look like? And, and, and some of us are working through past stuff with past either family, leaders, ministries, work situations, whatever it might be. We've all dealt with some type of mess. And God's taken us from that and bringing us to a place and we just need to trust him because what happens is when we deal with trauma, we tend to not trust, right? When traumatic things happen, and I don't care what it looks like, you know, it's funny, I was listening to Rick Joyner preach last Sunday, and I think he said, well, you don't come back to church because you've been hurt. And he says, who in church hasn't been hurt? Come on, that's supposed to be, you know, that's supposed to make it real for you. Because I really know that, listen, we want, God wants to, we want to develop community. That we're not, come on, people aren't getting hurt and busted up. And I believe in the days to come that it's not going to look like that. Can we believe for that? I mean, people are going to go through stuff. But the idea is that we go through stuff as family. The idea is that we go through it as a community and that people don't get busted up and traumatized and, and, and get washed up and then want to quit. Because that, that's, come on, that's not redemptive. That's not reconciliation. And there'll always be situations that come in and maybe it's like an explosion. Okay? Because cause we're folks. Come on, because we're people. And people do make mistakes and people do fall and people do have stuff that comes into their lives unexpectedly. You know, it was funny. I, you were talking about trauma and I was talking this week. I'm at a job right now and my, that I'm working that I was at when my father died, which was very traumatic because he died like all of a sudden. It was like no signs. I was working at these people's houses and he was this guy that just, I don't even know, Lisa's asking if they were saved because he would just, he came out and he said, just come here. 
just sit down with me. And he's probably my, my father's age. He's probably your age, Joe. He's in his late 60s. But he's just amazing. But what I'm saying is something about traumatic situations cause you to look for things that are going to bring you past that. But some of us have to just believe that God's right there. Come on. He's pulling you, he's pulling you down to the next place. So he's pulling you into that position. So everyone, every one of us de- desires to follow the path of God. I want to follow the path. I don't want things holding me back. I don't want trauma holding me back. And I'm talking about this gentleman because they came out and there was such love on him and his wife that it brought an ease to my spirit. And whether they're saved or not saved, I don't think they're saved. She's a psychiatrist or something. And he's just a steel worker with a dry sense of humor. You know, well, he, he made his money in steel. They're very wealthy. So, but I'm just saying this to you because when that happened, it was something that eased my life. So all of a sudden, I'm back at this place, the same place, and it's strange because I just walk in and I feel peace because he emanates peace, right? And so this is what this is kind of what Jesse was talking about earlier, that we, we move in this place where we, we believe God. And so when you believe God, you're in the peace of God. You're in the rest of God because God never called us to strive or achieve, right? He called us to be in that place where we just believe him at face value, Right? We've got things, the word is a written testament, right? What is his will? And I think about his will, I think about a living will and testament, what he says, right? (laughs) So when I die, I'm going to have a living will and testament that controls everyone. Come on, I'm just kidding. But that's what it does, right? That's what the living will says, right? So this is the living will. You know, Jesus is alive, but he's given us this. This is the will of God, the word. But he wants to release something onto us and to us by the spirit of God showing us his will, the mystery of his will. Not things that we have to, come on, Acts 17, 27. So that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him. And what's he looking for? He's looking for us to just be a people that just continually, come on, sometimes it's dark and you can't see. Sometimes you can't navigate, but you're still seeking. You're still looking. You know, sometimes when it's dark, my eyes adjust. See, I can walk through the house in darkness. My wife can't. Got to turn the lights on. I can shut the lights out and walk upstairs and not trip over anything because my eyes adjust, right? And so this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to understand and know even in dark times that you can still see. Why? Because he's the light and he's pulling you through. And if you've got a hold of him, then you're groping, right? You're groping for God. You're groping for his presence, right? That they might grope for him and find him, the, the word says, right? This is what Paul said. And know that he's not far from each one of us. And that's a great word of comfort. He's just there. He's right there. You just can't see him. And that was the whole thing with, with Abraham, right? He's going to bring the boy to the mountain. And the lad asks, Dad, where's the sacrifice? 
Well, we know where the sacrifice is because we read the book. But if you don't read the book and you're in it, come on, and all of you are in it at some point where God's saying, come here with me. And you're like, I don't see the sacrifice. And you're thinking, is it me? Could it be you? Could it be your son? Could it be your family? Come on, could it be someone else? But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand this, that in him, right, he goes on, Paul, to say, in him we, lo- we live and we move, we move and we have our being. So we live with him in such a closeness that we know that he's going to bring us to the next place. So then it says in 4 and 5, it says, Then on the third day Adam, uh, Adam, Abraham, lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. That means he didn't know where it was, right? He didn't have a direct understanding where he was going. He saw the place. And some of these things, right? I, I was shopping the other day for my wife in one of her favorite stores, right? I didn't get nothing, sorry. Because I, I was going through and they were like, you want help? And I said, no, I'm just looking. Come on. But I know what she likes, so I don't need them to start throwing stuff at me. So that's in New England terms, just leave me alone. (laughs) Come on, if I did that in Florida, someone would be offended. Just leave me alone. No, I just, I was nice. I just said, I'm looking, I was having a good time. And I found some things, nothing not the right size, sorry. So, but I knew what I was looking for because I know what she likes. I know the type of sweater she likes. I know the style she likes, right? So I know when I'm looking what I'm looking for. And so some of us, right, we're looking, we're seeking, even with positionally, like when you find God, right, in a place where you say, wow, God's there. This is what I've been looking for. Come on, I'll sell it all for that, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to know that we know that he's bringing us to that place. You don't need to shop eternally. (laughs) Right? Okay. So he said, stay there or stay here with the donkey and the lad. The lad and I will go yonder, yonder, and worship. Good old new King James. And we will come back to you. So here he is, the lad and, lo- and yonder. <laughs> there he is, right? Listen, it's better to discern the place. I'm telling you, sometimes we want to know the place, but I'm telling you there's joy when we discover the place that we're supposed to be. And we've got to learn to take that place of discovery and, and really embrace it. That, you know what, we're on a journey and you don't have to know everything. I don't need to know tomorrow what's around the corner. I'll, I like to. See, I'm that guy. I want to. I really do. But the Lord's saying, listen, you need to come into this place where you enjoy the journey. Enjoy where I'm bringing you. Because half the time, we're always looking for the next step to the next step. And, and when we're ambitious and in an unhealthy way, we're moving from jumping to jump to jump to jump because we want to get somewhere where we don't even know where we're going, really. We just want to get higher, and we want to get positioned, and we want to do things, and that brings all kinds of selfish ambition stuff, and that's, that's not God. 
But the Holy Spirit's saying this, listen, enjoy the journey. Enjoy discovering. Enjoy discerning the time that you're in. Because God wants us to know, but he wants us to enjoy the place that we're in. Okay? And then in new seasons, right, he had to leave this guy. In new seasons, God's taking us from people. And I'm not saying it's bad. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't always, when we separate from people, sometimes we think it's always bad. But sometimes God removes people from your, your, your circle, immediate circle, so that you can do something that you really need to do, right? So separation doesn't always mean it's a bad thing, right? He had to leave the other two dudes to go to the place to discover what God was about to do. So in new seasons and relationships, the relationships can change, but sometimes we can't go to certain places with certain people around us. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, and this was the big thing. I feel like sometimes we can get stuck in last season's word. I can get stuck in a word. I just had a long conversation with someone this week saying, well, you, you know, uh, Lou Engel gave me this word. Lou Engel gave me a good word. Don't get me wrong, you know. Lou Engel gave me a big word. If, I can, if, we can, if the Lord can manage that, then we're doing good. My point is, I can't stay in last season. If, if the Lord said something back behind me, and I, I believe he, what he does is he reestablishes his word. Right? He confirms things that he said in the past. But if I get stuck and I want to sell everything for that word... I get this, I, I don't know, I just feel like the Lord's saying to me, don't get stuck, just move forward, and if you keep your legs moving, if you keep walking, and you keep groping, and you keep seeking, and you keep stepping into the places where I've called you, you don't need to get stuck on yesterday's word. I'm not saying it's a bad word, you know? And what happens is we shut our ability to move forward because we get stuck thinking that it's going to look like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I'm pressing on it. It may look like that. It may look something just like that, but it may be in a different place, and it may be in a different time, and it may be in a different season, but it's, it stops us from moving forward. And I don't mean to add confusion to you, to anything, because I just feel like we need to be fluid with the Lord. Come on, it can't be so rigid. Like, there, you know, I know people that have gone to certain places thinking that they were going to find, come on, Eden. And they didn't find Eden, so they came back. And then they've gone to other places and found that was a solution for a season, but came back. And it's all right, right? It's okay. Because we learn. Hopefully we learn. Because, I've listen, we were, we were going to move to Morningstar years ago. And I, when I talked to Robin McMillan on the phone, he said, brother, this isn't Zion. And I said, what is that? He goes, this isn't the promised land. I'm telling you now. You come down here, it's going to be different. And I was like, okay, maybe put the brakes on, you know, because our hearts wanted to do that. But everything that was pointing was saying at least for me and that's what I felt at that time and season right 
So God is trying to put us, position us so that we don't get stuck in the past or past words, right? He wants us to move forward in the fullness of what he's called us to. Yes, it says, right, it says Timothy would have, come on, believe what the prophetic word is over us. We're to establish and, and walk in that, right? But God wants to bring us into something greater, right? And so we want to move, right? Out of, move trauma aside. Step into the fullness of what he's called us to and not get stuck on maybe promises that we think we know what they look like because he wants to bring us into true, true uh, fullness. And so what happens with us is, right, because what happened? He said, you're going, and you're going to sacrifice your son. Did he ever say that? He never said that. But all signs were pointing. The boy's going to be toast. Right? And so what happens is we start stabbing knives at things we think God is promising. And he did promise Abraham, right? That Isaac would be the son of providence. So what we do is we start stabbing at stuff. Thinking that's the will of God. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. No. Come on. It all goes back to what I... The message that we lost last week. <laughs> you didn't lose it. It just happens. <laughs> it's a hiccup. <laughs> Don't take that personally. I wasn't put... I was just looking at you because I know I get a reaction. <laughs> It was all about intimacy. It's all about the closer we become with him. It's all about the life that Enoch walked, right? That he moved in and out of realms, right? Living in a place with God until he actually, right? He was no more. Come on, I don't want any of you to disappear permanently, but I want you to live in and out of that place. Come on, I want to live in and out of that place because I know that when I receive the counsel from heaven, that once I, like I'm sitting here tonight, and I'm thinking, God, you have, a, you have a, a whole thing you want to unfold for 2017 for the next season that we're moving into. And I want to hear from heaven on it. And I want to go into a place with you, not to strive. Come on. It's enjoy, go back to enjoy the journey. Because God really wants to pour his heart out, and he wants to release things for your life and, and really Come on, give you the, the fullness and the juice of what he wants to do and what he wants to pour out, right? I mean, that's just what he, that's who he is. So get ready for that, right? That's it. Just get ready for that. And so he doesn't want us to stab us and he, stab at things, and he doesn't want us to be the why. Why? Why doesn't it look like what I thought it would look like? Why, God? Doesn't it look like that? Because we, we tend, I, I'll do it. Come on, I, why? Why? Why, God? And so he's looking for us to just be a people who just keep searching. And we're powerful enough. God does want us to ask questions. But I think he wants us to ask questions, legitimate questions, not the why questions. You understand what I mean? It's good. Revelation brings questions. When I, when I receive something from the Lord, I say, wow, God, why, why did you do that? What did that look like? And what, what goes along with that? Come on, there's, all of a sudden you receive something from the Lord, like you were just expressing here, 
like you received a revelation, a trauma attaches to you. Listen, all those guys, like all of those guys from the 40s and the 50s, they believe that any trauma, any sickness, it was all demonic. I believe it is. I believe it is. I believe any sickness, right? I got sick all week this week. I rebuked it to seven days, you know, every day. But I was sick. It just wasn't shaking it, right? Of course, Josiah's homesick. So I brought it in. Come on. <laughs> but true, it's a virus. It's something. It's not from God. It's from the fall. And so we need to understand God's trying to get us to understand and grab hold of a fresh revelation. This is what it is. He wants us to discern both good and evil, right? Hebrews chapter 5. We were talking about that this week, right? God wants us to discern angels. Come on, he wants you to see a lot of heaven. And if hell gets in the way, take care of it. Right? If anything comes in the way, you take care of it. We're not afraid of it because we activate angelic, come on, or the Holy Spirit inside of us, just oozing out of us, just waiting for a demon to mess with us. Come on, bring him on. Because why would we wouldn't even need the Holy Ghost if we were, if we were demon-free? Come on. If life was demon-free, we don't need the Holy Spirit. Sorry, but we don't. We would be in Eden, walking with the Holy Ghost. But we'd be ever learning, because he wants us to learn. I believe that. So that's my thoughts. So let's just pray tonight again. I just feel like we want to release a life-giving spirit on us. You got something? Come on. I asked the Holy Spirit what was trauma. And he says, it's, spirit, it's unbearable spiritual pressure. And if we can't get rid of it or cast it off, it'll eventually crush us. But I saw an impartation here today. Capacitor. You know what a capacitor is? Basically, what it is, it, it, it's a, you see it in air conditions, you'll see it on TV. It holds a charge. It holds a charge. Even though you disconnect the power, the charge is still there, sometimes more than what the electricity is going into. So I believe what he's doing here tonight, everyone is not, here, not here by chance, that he's given you, we're going to be impartation of spiritual capacitors that we're going to retain that electricity. So when we, we leave and go out of the box, it's still there. And if I, I've touched them before, and you get a jolt, you'll not believe. It's even stronger than, again, when you charged it, that more than a battery. Right. And, I just, and, and you brought it up, you know, and the Lord says, you said a couple times, capacity. Well, he's filling us to capacity. I says, Lord, what is, I keep hearing that, what is it? And that's what he said. Give us the ability. 
to the same what you're talking about. We'll Absolutely. see more because I think we get to a point, you know, that Isaiah 55 says expand. Expand the place you're coming, right? Because we can only hold so much at certain times. And I've been in meetings where it's been full. Like, I've been full and I'm like, God, I feel like I don't have enough yet. Like, can I take more? Can you give, can you give me more? Can you give this whole place more? Because mm. it's been in here, right? Early, early on, it was so thick in here. And I'm like, God, can we have more? Like, I'm, I'm personally, in court with you, God wants to release us right. into that place. But that goes back to this thing, right? God changes us into this, there's a transformation going from having a mindset that we're striving for something to understanding and knowing that that's, he desires us for that. Mm. And he just, he's, he's asking, listen, there's no po- there's going to be some things that he wants out of the way. That's how it goes, right? He's saying, I want this, this, and this. And that means, that doesn't mean self-flagellation. You know, it doesn't mean any of that. doesn't mean afflicting ourselves. But it does mean that he wants to cut something out. And then what he cuts out, he puts back in the fullness of who he is. And the capacitor in the car, my daughter, I put her back in a few years ago. I put a 2,000-watt stereo, so it actually will ra- break the windows in here if she cranks it. But what they did in there, and I was thinking all of this, they put a capacitor in there so that it draws off the capacitor, not off the battery. So if we can maintain the battery... So it'll blow the... It'll totally it'll drain the battery. Yeah. Right. So it stores more power than what's coming through the battery. The battery, right? So it's a storage hold a lot more juice than the original source. Right. And then the other thing that came into my mind, <laughs> well, if, if Jesus charged us, yeah. and he said we would do what? Greater things, yeah. Greater things. That's what he gave me. So I'm saying, I went through the same question sitting there. So imagine if he's chosen this group here tonight to do that. Who are we? The dirty dozen, baker's dozen. Right, where the baker's dirty dozen. Well, let's just stand and ask the Lord for it. That's all. That's all we're going to do. It's going to come from him, right? That's all. Yeah, so Father, we just thank you right now. We just, we just raise our hands. We open our hearts. We thank you that you just remove every, every bit of stone from... Everyone's heart, Lord, anything that gets in the way. I thank you for the clarity and the purity in this room. Lord, vessels that you want to just flow and move through. Thank you for every heart right here. Father, I just thank you. Just rest in ways we haven't known. Lord, we're asking for uh, to be a company of burning hearts that would be released into greater and higher places than we've ever known. Lord, I thank you for the impartation of hunger tonight. Lord, we ask that we would be those capacitors, we would be those conduits that would receive your presence. 
And Lord, live in your presence. Live as beings of great, great light. Because you want to take us to a whole other place. Lord, I pray you open up mystical doors. I'm saying mystical doors. Doors that we can step into and really have amazing communion with you. What does it look like when you come to our house and we cook you a meal? I mean, that's biblical. That was Abraham. Abraham made a meal. Had the Lord sit outside while they prepared a meal. So, Father, we want to sup with you. We want to dine with you. We want to come into these places with you that we would be those that would break and be uh, trauma units. Whoa. That people who are traumatized would come to us. I'm not even talking in this building. To us. And be set free. Lord, help us to have eyes to see and discern where people are at. Let our hearts not be dull. Lord, most of it is sensitivity, so I pray for a greater sensitivity on all of us that we just sense what you're doing. The testimonies that Jesse was releasing. Father, we just ask that we would sense and know. Lord, we thank you. Lord, let every generation come. 